I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs that's with us, uh, comes in, helps me out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, and uh, we will do our best on this Father's Day weekend to uh, help you out with your computer problems, comments. Maybe you're getting to your dad some sort of technological thing, and uh, you need some advice, feel free to give us a ring. So there's a bunch of things in the news that we'd like to let you know about. Um just uh, you know, I, we played the uh, switch flipper from Brian Regan last week. I just love that bit; it's so funny. Uh, having to do with uh, the British Airways issue, where a contractor flipped off the British Airways cloud and brought the whole system down. Well, according to the investigation, now that cost British Airways eighty million pounds. Um, I'm sure it's going to cost them a lot more than that. Uh, but just that alone, just that little issue, is going to cost them eighty million pounds, and. Uh, let that be a lesson to you. If your cloud is just one switch away from being flipped off, you you may want to consider something else. So he'll be working a long time to pay that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in other news, just to kind of remind you, so you know we have the ozone hole, right? This is when I was growing up as a kid. There, the news media was was scaring us about the ozone hole. They were scaring us about. The ice age that was coming, I remember that. I mean, I've talked to my, talking to my mom and dad, oh my gosh, the ice age is coming. We're going to freeze. All of which were episodes on the Twilight Zone, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. Of course, we're running out of oil, and now there's like oil tankers literally just floating out in the sea. They can't find a buyer for oil right now. There's so much oil. But you guys might remember a time, way back when, when the news was talking about the end of the world again, having to do with a date. Hey, Joey. What did that sound like? In focus this evening, the glitch that could short-circuit cyberspace. On New Year's Day 2000, is it possible that we're in for an international disaster because so many of the world's computers will be utterly confused by what date it is? At the close of the 20th century, a tiny computer glitch threatened to disrupt nearly every aspect of modern life. It's called the Y2K, or Year 2000, bug. It's a problem that some fear could cripple the nation. Everyone knows failure of Uncle Sam's computers would be chaos. Glitches in the air traffic control system, breakdowns in oversight of nuclear plants and weapons. Government is not a little behind, but way behind. Tremendously behind. The wake-up call is now. Now, this is not one of the summer movies where you can close your eyes during the scary parts. So, just to remind you... <laughs> Now, when we were on the show, we we had our program, and we were we were pretty much saying we couldn't figure out what the heck these news folks were talking about. The end of the world due to a date. The end of the world, right? You were buying out milk and bread like it was a snowstorm coming for the rest of your life. And uh, the news media, of course, it was undisclosed 
reports. They didn't know what the the sources were, but somebody told them that the world was going to end. And uh, we were all afraid, very afraid. And you heard in that last bit there how the government was way behind. Well, thanks to our new administration, Uncle Sam is scrapping rules 17 years uh, from the end of the world. They are now finally here at the uh, the, uh, U.S. Office of Management and Budget. It has announced rules that have changed, among other things, that will finally end the requirements. Quote, these are requirements that agency IT departments report their Y2K compliance. Why would you still have a report that you have to report on? You made it, folks. 17 years later, they have to fill out these reports. It's costing us millions of dollars for these dingalings to fill out reports that says, hey, we're still Y2K compliant. Guys, nothing happened. And this is the same government that's going to deal with the, you know, the temperature change. They can't even know what time. They don't even know what time it is. Literally, they don't know what time it is. You just copy the report and change the date. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been doing it for 17 years. So I'll put a link here from the Register. The folks in uh, this is one of my favorite websites. It's a British website, IT site, and uh, it kind of talks about the what, what these guys are still doing. Our own government. Filling out reports, saying they're Y2K compliant. Thank you. Thank you for looking out for us. What would we do without you, Uncle Sam? Well, you get- then they could get back to working on the mind calendar. Oh, yes, the mind calendar. we were calendar. supposed to you know, all die at that point also. Right. You're right, Joey. I'm sure they're still working on that. I'm sure somebody out there is trying to figure out when that really ended. I'm sure there's being a report typed up right now in a Windows 98 <laughs> machine because they're afraid of the Y2K bug. Yeah. <laughs> when I read this, I couldn't believe it. But then, of course, I said, of course I believe it. But again, they're looking out for us. I know it's getting warmer out there, but they're on top of everything. What do you got there, Bob? Okay. Um, the CIA reportedly yeah. hacked Wi-Fi routers for years. No. Okay. You They've just... been hacking home office and public wireless routers for years in an effort to carry out clandestine surveillance, according to classified documents seen by CNET, sister site, ZDNet. All right. The intelligence agency had... By mid-2012, developed implants for roughly 25 different devices from 10 different manufacturers, including Asus, Belkin, D-Link, Linksys, and Netgear, according to one document. And these are documents that were posted on WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. Yeah. Yes. So, so change those passwords, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Just stop surfing. Don't use the default password. (laughs) It doesn't matter if they've got technology or if they're... If it's on board, there's nothing you can do about it. In other news, the boys at Amazon, now we just saw that they bought another a huge brick and mortar purchase. I mean, you gotta love this. Again, this is back in the Y2K bubble. Um not yeah, this is not the Y2K bubble. This is the dot com bubble. Sorry, the wrong bubble, wrong disaster. But during that time <laughs> And we have those every year. <laughs> yes. During the during the dot com uh uh times when everything was going crazy all these brick and mortar companies were all afraid of the of the um, online companies like Amazon oh my goodness we're not going to need any more brick and mortar we can do everything online and Amazon just purchased the biggest purchase of brick and mortar ever 13 billion dollars for a whole for high overpriced food plus they opened <laughs> a Amazon store in New York oh yeah and funny you should say that Bob because Amazon now this is something that's kind of interesting they got a patent to block online shopping while you're inside their store. So what this is, this is called showrooming, right? You, you head over to the big box store, you go to Best Buy, whatever you're doing, and you go and look at the beautiful TV physically that the retailer has 
you know, dutifully placed in front of you to sell to you. And you go on the store's Wi-Fi, for crying out loud, and you actually surf and see what you can get cheaper on Amazon or some what other – their competitors are charging. Yeah, offering an online. Amazon's now got a, a tool that if you're online in their stores, in their Amazon bookstore, you will be blocked from so, doing that. My question is <laughs> – how could they get a patent on something that a technology that's been readily available for years? Yeah. As far as access, <laughs> you mean? Well, yeah, as far as blocking those sites while you're in the store on their Wi Fi. Correct. Uh, you're right. The technology of filtering internet's been around forever. Right. Right. And, well, uh, the company you named, the big blue box store, Best Buy, yes. they were caught doing their own internet. Yes. Remember, you were able to go look at stuff on their own website and it was a different price? Different price, yeah. That was a, a new story we talked about a while back. You're right. I just find it very, uh, I don't know, dis- disingenuous for the for mm. a, for an online store to block you from looking at online pricing when you're in the brick and mortar. I mean, if this technology existed before Amazon started coming up, the brick and mortars would have been they would there'd be a, an outcry from the public that you couldn't you, know, you wouldn't it'd be deafening because a lot of them have the price match guarantee excluding online stores, which is mainly Amazon. Right. Right. So, I mean, they cover themselves that way, but... Yeah, well, Amazon doesn't want to compete. Uh, if you're in their bookstore, physically in yeah. it, you can't surf that book. <laughs> you can't go find a price for it. I don't know. It just seems a little disingenuous. The prices on Amazon isn't always the best. Anyway. Oh, no, no kidding. No kidding. I'm not a big fan of online shopping. I like to actually see the product, look at it, and then take it home. That's just me. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's called instant gratification. <laughs> Not instant. You know how long it takes me to make a decision? There's nothing <laughs> instant about it. Committee? <laughs> well, the committee's first, the committee's step one, and then I have to start, you know, analyzing whether I want it or not. I see. Yeah. Okay. What else you got, Bob? Okay, forget smartwatches. This tattoo could soon track your health. Ah, yes. Tattoos are a big thing. Yeah. Bar- body art is more, maybe more accepted than it used to be, mm-hmm. but there's still a stigma that continues to linger. A new tattoo that visibly reacts to health changes in the body could change that. All right. Researchers from MIT and Harvard Medical School have teamed up to create Dermal Abyss. It's a project that replaces traditional tattoo ink with biosensors that respond to pH, sodium, and blood sugar levels. So it's like a mood ring on steroids. By changing colors, yes. Yeah. MIT's second take on smart tattoos after the duo skin concept that was making the rounds last year. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the first demonstration of a tattoo-based sensor, Hmm. said Harvard Medical School researcher Ali Yedison. I hope I pronounced that right, Right. in an interview with CNET. Anyway, uh, they're talking about a diabetic, for example, typically faces the challenge of having to test his or her blood sugar by pricking the skin multiple times a day. But with dermal abyss, they'd simply need to observe that their tattoo, like most people normally would anyway, a higher blood sugar level would be indicated by a color change from uh, blue to brown. That's a great thing, but I've also thought about, you know, basically you could save marriages this way. If they could adjust the tattoo to look at hormones, you would actually know <laughs> how things are going with the, with the wife where you could be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to talk to her about that today. Uh, that would be interesting too. If they're getting this close with, with blood sugar, the hormone level should be a piece of cake. Yeah, well, this ink isn't available yet. It's still in research and development. Oh, and it hasn't been approved for- uh, That's going to save marriages all over, the, all over the planet if they could get that to work. Well, uh-huh. very cool, Bob. I also saw a tattoo where you could actually take your phone and scan it and it would play the tune too. I mean, you only got the one tune on your on your arm there, but it's pretty neat. Oh, well, there you go. Well, they've had those in uh, uh, 
uh, greeting cards for years. Yeah. Well, it would play through the phone. So we're, we're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. Two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And do you remember Y2K and the end of the world? If you want to tell, tell us about your prepping story and uh, just how much uh, you know bags of rice you put aside in the basement and uh, how much milk and bread you put aside, let us know how you did. Uh, clearly, you made it, though. We want to know. We're concerned. We're make sure all you that made prep it. and paid off. Or maybe they, maybe <laughs> there's still some people like there were in the Japanese islands that still think Y2K has happened, and they don't even realize we're still okay. I mean, if they if they took off to the prepping desert somewhere, right? Where are they all going well, to the, the desert? The last uh, Japanese soldier, I think they found in like in the mid to late seventies, if I my memory serves me correct. Yeah, so it's probably which was some, like forty years after the war ended. Yeah, you probably got some Y2K preppers that are probably in some bunker in some desert out there that still thinks the end of the world occurred. Oh, well, if you're one of those guys, give us a ring. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're still here. We survived Y2K, but our, our government doesn't know that. Just barely. <laughs> They're like a, a World War II Japanese fighter who still doesn't think the war is over. They're still filling out reports 17 years later since Y2K occurred, and nothing happened. Literally nothing happened. Planes did not fall out of the sky. Our TVs worked. Our computers didn't care. Yeah. You didn't forget your birthday? I knew it. Or what century you were I born knew. in? I mean, there were some <laughs> little glitches that, it, that had to be corrected. So, But it wasn't the end of the world, the way the news media talks about everything. Let's go on to Bob in Waterbury. Morning, Bob. How you guys doing? Doing, doing fine. How are you? Uh, Y2K, I still have my flip phone. Oh, okay. So you, you bought a flip phone for Y2K, or you're just a guy no, who no, likes... My, my, my company gave it to me. Uh, see, I've been there 28 years, and I've I've never paid a, a cell phone bill. Wow. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, you're you're a lot richer for it. Well, yeah, I guess so. Although, um, uh, two weeks after the Super Bowl every year, my brother has a little bonfire with the guys together, and somebody had one of those Androids or whatever, one of those things, you know, the iPhones, whatever, yeah. and he just pointed it up into the sky, and it... I don't picked out the stars and yeah. told you what galaxy it was. Right. That was pretty cool. That is pretty cool, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it said, okay, that's this star out there. So, you yeah. know, I think I might have to break down sooner or later. <laughs> Get with the times, Bob. Get with the times. But as far as the Amazon, I mean, have they even turned up? I don't even think they've turned a profit yet. They've had a couple of months when they were profitable. Uh, it's, you're right. It's been pretty rare. We've been talking about that for uh, as long as Amazon started, wondering why they're Stock was as high and crazy as it was. Um, yeah, I mean, didn't, uh, didn't Yahoo do that? Was it Yahoo or years ago they were like seven, eight hundred dollars a share? All these dot com companies work that way. I mean, what happened to uh, Snapchat? I think even that's not doing what everyone thought it was going to do. It's already dropping back rather fast. Amazon, I mean, they obviously do something right, but I, they just spent thirteen billion dollars on a brick and mortar, mortar grocery store. I don't, I don't know what that means. To me, to me, it sounds like they're jumping the shark, but that's just me. I'm not an expert. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna, especially like uh, they say, like I don't want my pizza delivered by a, a drone. No, it's gonna be kind of cold and it's gonna be all mixed up. I guess. Just imagine the cheese flying around, flopping around. You're right. <laughs> well, I guess if you want it all over the place, that'd be cool. Well, that's not what I want. Uh, my pizza. You take the drone. Uh, I'm not a big techie, but I listen to you guys every weekend. So, well, thank you very much for doing it, Bob. All right, we'll talk to you later. Take it easy. Get that flip phone upgraded. We're going to be here until uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Two lines open for you. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. 
And everything we've talked about, or will be talking about, will be posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com, the old-fashioned website, via Facebook, if Mark Zuckerberg deems it worthy, and, of course, Donald Trump's favorite medium, Twitter. We'll be right back. back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. One line open for you. Feel free to get online and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Let's go to Bob in Berlin next. He's on the longest. Morning, Bob. Good morning. What can we do for you, sir? Uh, I have a Dell Windows 7. I have Malwarebytes Premium. Oh, wow. You paid the big bucks. Well, I don't think I, I, don't think I did. I, I think it was part of uh, some kind of... Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no. Uh, last week I went to a, uh, one of the local restaurants' uh, websites, mm-hmm. and this Mallow White Bites uh, came up and warned you about and something. And now I'm getting Malware Bites version update available. A new and improved version of Malware Bites is available. Get the new version free of charge. Hmm. Download and install. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, they're marketing pretty hard to you, Bob, because you're a premium yeah. kind of guy. You spend premium <laughs> dollars. <laughs> um, I I don't use malware bytes that way. Uh, actually, frankly, at home I've never had to use it. Um, knock on whatever. But uh, I would use it only as a remediation tool if I happen to get hit with malware. Um, I shouldn't say I've never used it. I had did have that one day with the Merlot. I think I've told that story a few times. Um, but. Uh, I don't run malware bytes regularly. I just run a good web filter, which would be OpenDNS. And then I run the built-in Windows Defender, which is the free antivirus on my Windows computer for home. I would never do that for business. But for home, the machines at my my home have not been infected in quite some time, just using those two combinations. So I would contend well, you could... Is, go ahead. I'm sorry. This uh, it, it, scan and quarantine complete... Mm-hmm. Uh, threat detected zero. Yep. Threat quarantined zero. Right. I'm just wondering uh, if I download install if that's legitimate uh, from Malwarebytes uh, company or whether it's a virus. Oh, it's probably legit- legitimate, but never click on links that come up that way. If you want to update the software, click on the actual application itself, and they usually have ways of checking for updates. Okay. I, um, anything that pushes an update to you or, or warns you like that, you always have to be cautious. You can never assume it's it's uh, not some sort of trick. So go to the application itself, bring it up, and then go to help and about generally or just click on usually an update. Uh, then you can do it that way. That way you know what you're doing the action rather than somebody sending you somewhere. Thank you very much. You got it, Bob. You have a great day. You do a great service. Our pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, moving on. Oh, our resident groupie Danny wants to talk Y2K. Hey, Danny. Hey, uh, you won't be surprised, I'm sure, to know that I took some Y2K precautions. Did you? What did you do? Well, what I did was I bought a um, had an extra oil tank put in my basement. You did not? Yeah, 275-gallon tank. An extra one? Yeah, I had one down there, but I wanted to have two tanks for to store more oil. Oh, my goodness. I bought a wood stove insert for my fireplace with a fan with a blower on it oh my goodness and i bought a generator and had a transfer box put in you know so it would be wired in 
but I didn't put any oil and gas in the generator so I wouldn't have to maintain it in case nothing happened. Well, okay, but you're, wow. You now, my rationale was, was that all these things were good to have in case there was some other type of disruption or weather event in the future. Yeah. And as it turned out, I buy my oil in the summer when it's $1.69 a gallon. Nice. I don't don't get any, uh, you know, during the winter season. Right. I buy uh, a cord and a half of wood and use a wood stove to heat my house with the blower. Yeah, yeah. And then finally we had uh, one of those storms and I took the generator, opened the box, yeah. put gas and oil and started it up and ran the generator and had electricity. So, yeah, 17 years later it worked. Well, it was, it was ten years. We only had that big ice storm uh, some years back. Yeah, a long time ago. But I mean, you know, they were all reasonable things. I uh, guess if I a whole extra gas oil tank is not a cheap investment. Oh it, well, back then it was. I mean, it, it oh, really? really only cost. You know, um, I probably paid for it the first time. I didn't buy any oil all winter. All right. You know, it was break even almost after a year. So you were definitely going to be warm. I was going to be warm and have electricity. Well, that's not true because remember the the news media is going to tell you. Well, your own electricity, yes, but yeah, yes. I see. Yes, yes, yes. You know, right. and I, I must admit I did have some extra food and rice in the house, <laughs> which which I donated. Awesome. So um, after after the whole thing blew over, you donated it to yes, a... Yes, after the world woke up, you know, <laughs> I, I gave it a couple of weeks just to be sure. You must not have been listening to our show back then. Uh, you know, I, I I don't think I was I. You know, I, I might have been. I remember you guys were poo-pooing it, but I was, you know, and I thought, well, all these are really sound investments, even if nothing happens, and it turned yeah. out they were. No, of course. Hey, one quick thing about Amazon. Yeah. Um, I bought a um, a hazmat suit, ordered a hazmat Stop suit. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, well, I'm going to give you guys, put smiles on your face on a cloudy day. You have a hazmat suit? I have a hazmat. I have a disposable... Uh, DuPont Tyvek hazmat suit. Do you have one for your wife? I hope to. My wife got a hazmat suit too. <laughs> okay, I was going to say they have to be <laughs> his and hers. Yard work because of the ticks. Oh gosh, <laughs> they're in because a hazmat suit. I have suit? hedges that are tall. I have to trim, and my, your body makes contact with the hedges. And every time I would trim it this year, there'd be little pieces of stuff on you, and I was yeah. freaking out. I couldn't tell if it was a tick or a little, you know, piece of. Whatever. Yeah, wow. But the point is, is um, and so the suit works great. It was $6.39. <laughs> Your neighbors, can they see you out there? In a yeah, house? I put no ticks with a big Sharpie on the... On the front and the back, so they know what I was doing. All right, I, I think your neighbors probably know you. They know. Well. They're, they're not surprised anyway, of no. course. But the point <laughs> is, is when I first looked it up on my tablet, yeah, Amazon had it for uh, six dollars and thirty nine cents, and my wife, using a real computer, yeah. would order it. Yeah. And when she went on Amazon, it was nine dollars and. Um, yeah. 19 or something. It was a, there was a $3 difference. So Correct. we get different prices on our tablets for the same items. Oh, yeah. Uh, on Amazon. Oh, definitely. That happens in all, almost every site. Yeah. Um, you know, she site. goes to the uh, high end uh, retail sites, so, you know, looks at the Gucci stuff and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I look at Home Depot, maybe, but, you know, nothing. But. That's so funny. that's it. All right, Danny. Okay. I Thanks. survived. You Here survived. The stories I survived. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, bye-bye. Danny's got a hazmat suit. But that's right. They do do different pricing. So if you look at um, airline tickets, you know you can go to like your friend's houses and look at the exact same flights, and they're all different depending on where, which house you're in. 
it's really kind of it should be illegal, but that's just. I like, had a Elon Musk article yeah. for Danny. I wanted to talk to him about. Oh, you did. That's right. Yeah, civilization on Mars could take a hundred years to establish, says Elon Musk, and yeah. I'll put a link to that so that Danny can read it. A hundred years to establish. All <laughs> right, Elon. We're going to uh, probably step out for a quick break, right, Joey? We'll step out for a quick break. We got Tom, uh, Sharik, and Kathy on the line. One line open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. Yes, we are here partying like it's 1999, and our government is still writing reports as if it's 1999. 17 years later, they're writing compliance reports about Y2K, whether or not their stuff is Y2K compliant. I kid you not. I kid you not. Just think about that. These are the folks who can't seem to get emissions tests right still, right? We got Farfignugan by Volkswagen. We got GM possibly cheating on there. Emissions test. That's the year 2017, and they can't get emissions. I was doing emissions tests when I got my license back in well, 1980 something, and uh, they were doing emissions then. They stuck a thing up your tailpipe, and they could figure out if I was spewing noxious gas. But today, they can't figure it out. I was say they had cars back then. It wasn't on the horse and buggy. <laughs> we had cars back then, Joey. Real cars, Monte Carlo SSs, Grand Nationals. You know. Yeah, when cars were cars. When cars were muscle cars. Just think, though, when our kids go to car shows in like 15, 20 years, what's going to be there to see? The classic cars like that. Yeah, you see like a Honda Civic. I was like, ooh. An iRock. <laughs> no, right, a Honda Civic is going to be, you're right. But, uh, I mean, Chevy Cavalier. You they're, know? <laughs> they're doing Y2K compliance tests still, 17 years later after Y2K. That's just, that's a, that should tell you enough. That should tell you enough. Let's not have them do any more. Let's move on to your calls. Here's Tom in Harmington. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Morning. I've been listening to you talking about year 2K, and I'm a little bit confused. Okay, go ahead. Are you saying that Y2K was really not a problem and it was all blown out of proportion? <laughs> I am kind of saying that, Tom, yes. Well, all right. I, got, I want you to understand, I'm not being disrespectful. Of course not. I, I tend to be very blunt and I get to the point. You go. You are 100% wrong. Oh, my gosh. Now, people that didn't work in IT yeah. have no idea how serious this problem was. Do you think I worked in IT back then, Tom? Well, I did. So did I. And um, I can tell you that there would have been serious problems all over the world if this had not been corrected. I worked on remediation for the legacy system I was supporting. Yeah. And I know all the systems that fed us and all the systems that we fed yeah. in our system used a six-digit date, sure. not an eight-digit date. Right. So when you, when you um, stored dates, you stored them year-year month, month, day, day. Right. So what happens when you start sorting and comparing dates from 1999 to the year 2000? Correct. Now, I see your point, Tom, but were you running some sort of water waste treatment plant system that would stop treating water if the date wasn't right? Were you running some sort of power system that the power would stop running if your date wasn't right? Were you running some sort of air traffic control system where the planes are falling out of the sky? Or what were you talking about, trying to sort dates because of a, how, you know, how, how old somebody was for an insurance premium? What were you actually trying to remediate? Well, all those 
those things you mentioned are all very serious concerns. You but, also forgot global positioning satellites, right. weather systems. All these things rely upon dates and precise timing. I mean of precise course. like to the hundreds or thousandths of a second in some cases. Right. And if you're comparing dates that are that, that have a six-digit date. You're not taking the century into effect. Look, when I started programming in 1970, nobody cared about the century because it was the 20th century. It was only when we got to the 1990s that people started to realize this was a problem, and most companies ignored it. They figured, oh, we'll remediate these systems with new systems, and it won't really be a problem. It was only in the late 1990s that companies realized our systems are not going to work right. Our banks aren't going to work right. Our water systems are, uh, you know, you, the things you mentioned. I mean, all this stuff was relying upon dates. Correct. Do you understand it or not? I mean, we how do. would you like to get a billing from your credit card company saying you're 102 years behind in your bill? Well, that, again, I, Tom, that wasn't the end of the world. I would kind of dispute the idea that nobody thought it was a problem. They knew it was going to be a problem, but they put it off. And the reason was they went to a six-digit date instead of an eight-digit date was because of the cost of storage at the time. Absolutely. Because they were going to have to use more storage, 25% more storage, to store an eight-digit date over actually 30% over a six-digit date. So, Tom, do you see see the irony and the silliness of our government still doing Y2K compliance reports 17 years later? Absolutely. That, that's, that's completely unnecessary. Uh, oh, well, that's... Right. But in the 1990s, this was a huge problem. And if this wasn't fixed, believe me, life as you knew it would have become very difficult and very messed up. Well, this, was not, this was not some fake news story. This was real. Tom, I literally have a sticker here in our studio on a t- tube TV that says it's Y2K OK. Yeah. Well, maybe that was made in 1998. <laughs> the point, though, is that I mean, again, I went. I, we lived through this. Our show was operating then. We have been on the air for over 20 plus years. Uh, we are in the IT business, and we had to do the same compliance checks for our clients. None of their systems, none of them, would have affected their ability to get their widgets out. None. And the the news media pumped it so crazily that poor Danny was buying a second oil tank. You know, I'm going to tell you something that I never thought I was going to mention, but when Danny comes in the year, I shut off your program. Oh, he's our favorite resident groupie, Tom. I know that, but he drives me crazy with the things he talks about. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be our new... Come on and want to talk about your 2K. I listened, and you know what? Yes. He made sense. Oh, okay. We have common ground between Tom and Danny. I love it. Okay. Thanks, Tom. So I just want to let you know that the people that are listening to you think, oh, this was no big deal. Yes, this was a big deal. I guarantee you this would have been a really big deal. It would have very seriously messed up civilized life in the 21st century. Wow. I'm so, I'm so glad we solved that date issue. I, I just don't, again, when we dealt with it at the time. It wasn't that big a deal. And well, they, it would have been a big deal in my company. Let me tell you something. Uh, that's cool. I appreciate that, Tom. I do appreciate that. I'm glad you fixed whatever you you did. I'm glad nothing fell from the sky. Nope, nothing went wrong. <laughs> Everything worked out right. But it took a lot of work by a lot of people to make sure it worked out. Oh, yeah. A lot of people made a lot of money with that Y2K compliance. Yeah, that was a w- big thing. It wasn't nonsense, Eric. It was a real problem. It was a real problem. But was it a real problem where you are got to be a prepper, a doomsday prepper over it? If they didn't fix it, you might have wished you were. <laughs> All right. Well, you and t- the good thing is you and Danny have common ground, and we appreciate the call. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Yeah, we lived through Y2K. We were talking about it constantly.
and uh, all the things that we had to deal with. But it was, again, I, I would contend way overhyped, but clearly well, Tom had for, a big problem wherever he I worked. I worked for a company that, you know, what's called, and what it really amounted to was updating your software, updating your computers, making sure right. that the computer had a BIOS that could read eight-digit date instead of a six-digit date. Well, the thing, too, was that whether or not the BIOS ran it, they weren't sure what would happen to the hardware if it didn't know what date it was. Like, it was going to stop, but many of those things didn't stop. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, we ran through tests in our company, right. and it didn't make a difference. Darn they, just had difference. To, they just had to fix the software. Right. That is what it is. We're still looking, again, thankfully, as of now, our government no longer is doing Y2K compliance tests 17 years later. We are. We all feel better for that. We're going to step out for a quick break. We have one line open for you. Russell, Sharik, Kathy, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 